Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the GBOTA Track Talk podcast, proudly brought to you by Ladbrokes. On this episode of the podcast, I catch up with New South Wales trainer Mick Hardman, who will make the long journey to Albion Park once again this Thursday night to contest the Group 3 Dashing Corsair final with his talented chaser Zipping Whiskey. After an impressive win last week, we have a chat about what he thinks his chances are in the final this week, including the 40-hour round trip that he'll have to make in the car, some other nice chases in his kennel, and of course, some helpful advice for anyone looking to pick up the lead and collar. I hope you enjoy this episode, and for more information, please visit our website at gbota.com.au. Firstly, yeah, zipping whiskey, like you were just telling me two seconds ago about um, how much travel was involved, but, you know, it was worth it after the performance he, um, he delivered. What did you make of it? Yeah, Dim, he trialled really good at Wentworth Park the week before in a, in a trial after the last one on Saturday night, so I was going into the race really confident. Um, the dog's going really good. It's just, you know, prior to that, he was just racing a little bit bad and finding himself in the wrong spots. Um, but the run was fantastic there on last Wednesday. Yep. Box six this week in the final. Um, I know you have said before that you prefer him drawn out on the track a little bit. Um, yeah. Is Are you happy with that? Yeah. Look, yes. I, like, I, he does do his best racing from out wide going around dogs, but I think he's been in about four or five group races over the last probably five or six months, and he keeps drawing out wide, so it would have been nice to see him on the inside and, so if we got a bit of luck. Yep. Did you draw the box or do they do it automatically up there? I don't know how they've done it. I was on the way home. Oh, so right. I, I, I don't know how they've done it. Um, so we can't seen, blame you. I, I nearly, <laughs> I was actually driving when I seen the box draw. I nearly crashed when I seen it. <laughs> Glad you didn't, but yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, can you just like, can you just tell everyone that, you know, obviously didn't hear our conversation prior to this, just the travel that was involved for yourself, just getting him up there last week? Yeah. So, um, I was just a long way from Darwin. We left, um, on Tuesday night at nine o'clock, we drove out, um, and got home Thursday morning at 6am. We, we were pretty lucky. John at, uh, Grafton, he let us stop up there and, use the showers and use the scales away the dogs and make oh, sure everything good. was right. So yep. going to Grafton probably added an hour and a half on, but, you know, we had a shower, walk the dogs up there on the track and weighed them and give them some breakfast there to make every, make sure everything was all right. So, yeah, it was good. Yep. How did um, how did Whiskey handle the travel? How does he go sort of go on those sorts of distances? Yeah, so I set him up to Brisbane to Brett Klein, a mate of mine, um, in January. Mm-hmm. Because he was a terrible traveller, so I set him up there um, to do just to get a bit of experience on the track and and some travelling as well. Yep. Um, it was absolutely terrible early on, but now he just goes in the van and goes to sleep. So he's a pro now. Oh, good. Anything? Did you change anything with him, or is he just sort of matured a bit and and handles it better? Yeah, no, it's just through age. He just matured, and um, he, he's really headstrong, like he's full on, but. Now in the van, he's really good. He just lays in and goes to sleep. Yep, nice. And you said, obviously, the State of Origin series and that's coming up, so you're going to be making plenty of trips to Brisbane over the next month? Yeah, well, this week, last week, and if we get picked for the State of Origin, it'll be, you know, there's a good month, I think, month to five weeks of racing up there, so 
plenty of driving. Jeez, how yeah, I mean, how do you how do you go with it all? I mean, obviously we know the dog goes all right, but how do you handle it? Well, I feel about eighty years of age after last week's experiment. <laughs> so, um, plenty of Red Bulls. They put it that way. Oh no. <laughs> It is worth it, though. Obviously, you know, I, I suppose you would have been relieved, I guess, when he, he did get through. You think, oh, okay, well, it made that trip worth it. Yeah, it's funny because in the run, like, he, he sort of come out and he wasn't, you know, in normally his last, he wasn't too far off him at the first turn. And even though he was running fourth and fifth through the run, I was always confident when he come past me, he was shouldering the dog the other way. So I was really confident in the run when he, exact, when he come past me. So... Yeah, and when he went across the line in front, yeah, I, I did say that. I thought, well, that was worth it. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, who else? Um, obviously, we know you've you've obviously got a, a fair few zipping dogs, but um, you know, one dog that uh, did put in a nice performance um, was Outlaw McGraw, and yeah, as as he sort of one you've you've got ear tagged as you know being a, a potential handy dog for you. Yeah, I tried him up when he last night. He went really good again. Um, I'm going to get him ready. He'll probably race next week at Winnie, and then I'll get him ready for the for the age group races up there. He's going really good, that dog. Yep. Yeah, nice, nice. Any others that you like out of your kennel at the moment? I've got a couple of um, Flying Ricardos here. Oh, um, nice. I'm, I'm holding them back for um, the big maiden at Goulburn. Um, yep. They're going really well. Um and I've got a couple of, of for for Andrew Hunter from Jay Syndication, um, the Quest of Glory Superior Panamas. Oh yeah, Quest of Glory's thrown some good ones lately. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're um they're early on, but they're going real nice. Yeah, nice, nice. Because you don't have a very big team, do you? No, we've only we've only really got sort of eight dogs, six or eight dogs racing at the moment. Yep. Um, but we've got a few young ones coming through and Marty's sending another litter, I think it's about six weeks, I think it turned, they turn up, so yep. we could have a, a fair few in work by the end of the year. Yeah, nice. Tell me about your relationship with Marty. How did you first come about training dogs for him? Um, I've known Marty a long time and when I moved to Goulburn, he asked me to take some dogs and I really couldn't because... I wasn't really set up to take a litter of dogs and I was just getting one or two here and there from him. Yep. And that zipping whiskey litter, Camo just rang me up and said, Mick, these are broken and good. Can you take them? And sort of I took the whole litter. That was the first whole litter I took, I've taken. Yeah, right. But I've known Marty a long time. I've known Marty oh, 20 years. Yep. And everyone I've sort of spoken to that's got zipping dogs says that, you know, he's – um. You know, the family's great to train for and he just sort of, you know, checks in every now and then and lets you do your own thing. Hardly ever hear from him. Yep. Hardly ever hear from him. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll ring him. He won't ring me. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they, they stay right out of it. They don't see where to race and how to race or anything like that. So it's it's really easy to train for him. Yeah, nice. And how long have and, you been training dogs for? You've been doing this a long time now, haven't you? Well, I've been at Goulburn here just over three years, full-time. Yep. Um, before that, I had a mushroom farm, and I was just training oh, nice. two or three dogs out of the backyard up in Sydney. So, yep. Um, been, in the, been in the dogs with my whole life, yep. um, but, yeah, never took it really serious. Yep. Do you um, do you enjoy sort of doing it full-time now? Um, yeah, there's a lot of – you know, it's it's great, but it's seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Um 
and you don't get a break. So you really got to be all chips in. So yeah, I love it, but it's just it's a lot of hard work. What have um I know I suppose we could you know rattle off a number of things, but what are some of the key things that you've learned? You know, particularly since you have switched to full time, like you said, mm. you've got to put a lot of effort into them. What are some of the key things that work for you? It's funny because um, when I moved here, we weren't really set up, and I sort of trained how I was training out of the backyard. But now we've got the facility set up where I actually don't really need to leave here. We've got the straight track, the runs, the galloping paddocks, and I didn't never really thought how important it was just to train your dogs at home, you know. And I've seen the dailies and the Bateses and the Britons over the years just sort of train out, you know, off their properties. Yep. And I really never thought that was that important. Um, but, it, yeah, it's massively important to, to set up and you've got so much of an advantage. Yeah. Considering, you know, you guys are driving so much, you know, I can only imagine what sort of stress it would add if you had to be constantly driving to troll or even just give them a, you know, a run. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just, you know, like you can get a pup here from breaking and give it six weeks worth of work and get it, you know, really fit and rock hard before you actually even go to the track. Yep. Yeah. Start, you know, start trialing at Goulburn or Wentworth Park or Dapto, but you, you're so far in front. Yep. I see you use um the Renegade Lua system. I've seen a couple of videos floating around on social media about that, and um yeah, no, it looks like the dogs um you know it switches them on, and yeah, they have a bit of fun chasing it. Yeah, well, it's it's amazing because you can bring a puppy out of the paddock, and they go straight into the runs with that Renegade, and you know they're chasing straight away. So you know you have confidence when you go to the track that they're going to go. Yep. And just lastly, like, obviously we know that, you know, everybody is trying to get involved in the sport. It's, you know, it's not easy, especially if you don't already have some prior connections. But, yeah, what would your advice be for anyone, you know, whether they want to become a trainer or an owner or, or whatever they, you know, their desire is, just from, you know, your experience? Yeah, I think, you know, you've got to have good people around you. Like, you know, I leave here the other day, I left here the other day and I was going for you know, 40 hours, and my wife does everything. Um, my son comes home from school and helps with the pups and letting dogs out. So, you know, you to do it yourself, I, I know there's a couple of people out there doing it, and, they, you know, I hear them say that they're struggling. Um, yeah. Most important thing is when you leave that you know at home everything's okay. So yep. to have a real good team, doesn't matter if it's your wife or you've got a partner or you go on business with, you know, a mate. You just got to have a good team around you. Yep. Sounds like your wife deserves a pay rise looking after the dogs for 40 hours. She's well paid, Jim. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> Will she get a bonus if uh, if Whiskey can manage to knock over the big one? <laughs> well, it's funny because when we have race dogs, um, my wife, Sarah, and my son, Tyrone, they'll pick a dog out that comes into the kennel and they get all the prize money. Oh, nice. And she's got zipping whiskey. Oh, no. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, she picked him early on when he first came here. I think he's been here probably close to 12, nearly 12 months now. Yep. So, yeah, she picked him a long time ago. Yeah, nice, nice. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> yes, she's got a good eye.